Welcome to Monoreal Radio Dockside Chat number five. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. And we are here on a beautiful, yet at the same time, strange night at Dockside Margaritas at Disney Springs. Yes, the strangest thing being that Mr. Joey Fatone of NSYNC is performing in Epcot tonight, and I am not there. See, and I, th- I think the fact that, like, almost all of the parking is gone is a very strange thing. <laughs> 13-year-old Jackie is very disappointed right now. Well, 35-year-old Sean had to park further away, and 35-year-old Sean's knees are not happy. (laughs) So I'm going to have to just make do with that. Yeah, I mean, we rolled into Disney Springs around 7, 7.15, yeah. 7.30 tonight, which is usually a little bit later than we normally get here when we're coming to record. But the way that things have been lately, we try and wait for the crowd to thin a little bit at Dockside Margaritas. That way we get a good seat. You guys can hear us clearly. Um, and tonight, we left a little bit later figuring, all right, let's really let it thin out. We figured we'd park in Orange, and we roll up, and the Orange garage was filled, which I I couldn't believe. No, because the last time we were here, there were about 200 spaces per level. So you're talking 1,000 open spaces in the Orange garage? The closest thing we came to Orange garage today was at Deluxe Burger, but we're going to talk about that in a little while. Yeah, we did surface parking. Which wasn't bad. It's not bad now because my car's not baking in the sun. I wouldn't be parking there during the day. Yeah, it would not be ideal if it were the middle of the afternoon. But it is what it is. There's a concert over at the House of Blues tonight. And then we rolled right into Cirque du Soleil, which I think was starting in like a half hour from when we pulled up. So it was just very crowded down on that end. Um, Consistent with the rest of Springs tonight, but you didn't feel it in the walkways so much, which was kind of nice. No, you wasn't that bad. The only congestion you had here was the normal congestion over by World of Disney. I was a little concerned when we got here and saw construction walls around Dockside Margaritas. I my my heart stopped temporarily. Me too. I thought we were going to have to. It might have been three bridges chats, as it were, moving forward. I was very scared, but. Thankfully, uh, we got confirmation that they are doing a refurbishment of the dock. It is out here, exposed to the elements all of the time, and we're getting new lounge furniture on the patio. That's very exciting. It is. So hopefully that's up and running sooner rather than later. But in any case, we're here. We're excited to be here and uh, enjoying another dockside chat. Let's talk about some of the things we've been doing here uh, as Disney locals, starting with Boathouse Brunch. Yes, that was a big one that we checked off our Now We're Locals bucket list. Let me tell you something. I think, now, that's a reservation that you kind of have to make at least a couple of weeks in advance. I think we snagged this about three weeks ahead of time. Yes, we have tried to do it on two weeks' notice. If we had plans with people and we were trying to get it, it's never worked. Three weeks, we dummied out the reservation, not even sure if we were going to keep it, and it ended up working out. We got it, and we had a really wonderful brunch with your friend Joe. What is Our friend Joe. Our friend Joe, but your lifelong friend Joe. Yeah, he's, he's a lifer since 12 years old. So what is worth noting... And it was my surprise when it came to brunch at the boathouse. I mean, it's dockside chat. You know what you're in for. The liquor prices. 
were so incredibly affordable. I'm surprised that this is a reservation that you can get within three weeks of your dining date because Joe, for example, had a Michelob Ultra and I had one of their vodka cocktails, which was the Boathouse Sunrise or Sunshine or some such nonsense. And it was loaded with vodka. They were very generous. It was 50 cents more than the beer. And that was sort of consistent across the board when it came to all of their breakfast beverages. Right. I had a mimosa, which was in a champagne flute. Um, and it was, I think it was the same price as yours. But you got a big rocks glass. And as you said, it, that thing was loaded with loops. That was a full cocktail for for $8. It's a good value. Best value... For drinks at brunch is still House of Blues because they do unlimited mimosas. A lot of people don't know that, but if you are looking for it, that's the draw to get you down to the other end of Disney Springs. And the food there is bananas, and we talked about that on our first Dockside chat, I believe. Um, when we went to Boathouse, let's talk about what we had. Let's talk about the experience. I had ordered the steak and eggs with the side of the beer cheddar grits. Um, and I will tell you that my steak was perfectly cooked. However, I actually thought, and this is going to be a hot button topic, I actually thought my steak was better at the House of Blues. Wow. Um, for me, it certainly lived up to the hype. I had the shrimp and grits as well, but that, that was it. You did just the cheesy, the beer cheese grits as yeah. a side. Yes. I did the shrimp and grits, which also has andouille sausage in it. You had um, a whole bowl. It was a whole bowl. Um, it was very filling. I ended up taking some of it home, uh, but it was delicious. It was really creamy. Uh, they It says on the menu that it's spicy. I, I'm not a spicy person, and I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was really good. Uh, I mean, it, it was delicious, but, like, heat-wise, it, it wasn't something that, you know, I was sitting there following every bite with water. Um, you know, it, it was pretty mild. Um, but, yeah, really, really good. However, I do have to say, the grits at Chef Art's Homecoming, those are the best ones. Yeah, I thought the grits over at Boathouse were really good. They had a little zip to them, but it was not too much. And I am not a spice person at all. Um, I thought it was good. I brought about half my grits home, had them left over, and I put a fried egg on them a couple of days later. The potatoes were excellent. Mm -hmm. Those were really good. Um, That's where I messed up, though. They asked me how I wanted my eggs, and I didn't realize they were coming on top of the grits as, like, a breakfast bowl. Mistakes were made. I, I asked for them scrambled. I didn't know. It should have been fried. That really would have put the whole thing over the when top. That, it was oh, so yeah. creamy to begin with, but with, with a nice fried egg just that oozing yolk, out all over it, oh, that would have been that would have, That would have just cut it. The thing that was kind of weird with my steak, it's a New York strip. Same way it is at House of Blues in that it's a cut of New York strip. But this was like literally strips of strip. Mm -hmm. It was not a whole strip steak. It was like a strip steak that was like cut into three strips. Um, so it was cooked well, but as you got to the ends, it was a little overdone. We got so far ahead of ourselves. Really the highlight for me, everybody loves the boathouse rolls, right? Oh, yeah. With the... the cinnamon butter uh they really amp it up for breakfast 
and yeah. they're they are so sticky sweet, uh, but they're incredible. Yeah, I so I, I would say that Boathouse Brunch is a must do. I would do it again. Yes. Just because I'm saying that I thought my steak was better at House of Blues does not mean I wouldn't go do Boathouse again. Because I think for the value, the Boathouse all around is pretty much a knockout. Yeah, we're certainly not poo-pooing on it by any stretch of the imagination. There have just been more surprising brunches that we liked better. I thought this was going to be my top number one, and it was excellent. But it's not knocking home coming out of the top spot for me. It doesn't knock home coming out. It it probably does knock out City Works and House of yes. Blues. But almost to the point where you have one is homecoming by far. And then it's like 2A, 2B, 2C. Right. I think the three of them are interchangeable. But if you can get any of them, it's a really, really good find. And if you can get Boathouse, you don't have to worry about doing it too far ahead of time. Right. Um, and of course... As always, the dueling pianos were great. They're so much fun. Um, they're there literally all the time. They were awesome. I don't know when they get a break, but it was really nice to be. We were actually seated right in front of them. So normally we're outside either at the bar or we'll get an outside table when we've eaten dinner there. So it was nice to be able to be inside and enjoy the pianos more than we normally do. For sure. So from there we went to our magnet pickup because they had the Orangeburg magnet for the annual pass holders. Now the last time we were here was the day that we tried to get it. And we told you the story about how uh, everything got cut off literally as we were pulling up. Even though Springs was open for two more hours, they cut the line off. So we were able to jump on the virtual queue, which they said was a 15-minute wait. And I think we got the notification about 45 seconds later that we could go and pick up the magnets. Yeah, we didn't wait long for it at all, which was really nice because it was a very, very hot day when we came. Um, Normally... In the summer, we've been trying to stick to coming here at night, but because we wanted to try the brunch, we were like, all right, when in Rome, let's just deal with it. But um, it was super hot, and they they gave us our magnet, and they asked us, it came with a scavenger hunt that you could do throughout Disney Springs. (laughs) The woman, the cast member was like, do you want the scavenger hunt? I was like, I'll take it. I'm not doing it today. It was a little too roasty for that. Far too roasty, but perfect weather to check out the uh, Flavors of Florida offering from the new Dole Whip stands. Yes, the uh, Swirls on the Water, which is actually right across from us over here at Dockside. If, you, if, you're, if you're sitting at Dockside and you look across the water, it would be to the left of Rainforest Cafe. And they had, um, a lot of what they're doing here is Orange Bird themed, so they had, it was like a citrus swirl meets a Dole Whip in an orange cone with a white chocolate medallion and orange sprinkles. You were a champ with that because you managed to eat it without making a mess. It was so hot. I, th- I thought for sure you were going to end up wearing it. Oh, I no. I ended up having to find a restroom to wash my hands because, like you said, it was super hot that day. And that's not a complaint. It's Florida in at that point July. Florida in July, you know it's going to be hot. But this thing was melting almost quicker than I could eat it. If I had one critique of it, I wish it would have been in a cup. Um... But it was in the orange cone. It's themed. I get it. It was really good. Um, But oddly enough, I didn't like it as much as a Dole Whip or a Citrus Swirl. (laughs) It was like kind of like this weird in-between. It was very good. For like the five bucks that it was, it was a refreshing treat. 
but I wouldn't say it was better than either of those other two dessert options if you're accustomed to having those here at Disney. No, and we have had better offerings as far as flavors of Florida goes. That's actually why we wanted to come back tonight, other than recording this Dockside Chat. Uh, This is the last weekend that we're going to be able to do flavors of Florida because it is wrapping up mid-August, and this is the last time we'll be back here before it ends. So we have gotten to try between our last time when we were here at the Boathouse and tonight, we were able to try a couple more snacks and uh, some of the other offerings that they were doing. Yeah, I think my surprise that we've had so far was actually amarettes. We've had amarettes before. Usually there's a big line for amarettes. I'm typically not going to wait on it personally because I'm not a tremendous dessert guy anyway. But they had blood orange eclairs and it just happened to be for some reason or the next there was no big line at amarettes. So we got a couple of them, and we actually did not eat them at Springs. We brought them home and had them later that night, I think when we were watching Big Brother. Right. No, we put them in the fridge. It was nice and cold. These things were dynamite. Yeah. The flavor was excellent because it wasn't just filled with the cream. They had, like, another jelly with the blood orange on the inside. Yeah, yeah. Not Jelly's the wrong word. It it almost looks like... um, cookie icing. Like when you frost a cookie and then you do the icing piped on top of it. Yeah. That's what it looked like along with the mousse. But it was so good. Yeah, it was almost like a blood orange compote, but like in more of a gel form than a compote. I think you hit the nail on the head. It is like when they do that that fruity piping on the cake. I think what, as you explained it, is is perfect. But it was really well balanced. I was surprised, and I said to you that night, I was surprised that it was not all that sweet. No, that was really good. And probably my favorite so far, we also took home Gideon's that night. Because we we had to try it. It was for research purposes. Of course. Uh, So we did their uh, orange citrus cookie, and now I can't think of what it's called. Because they didn't... The one time we went and we were not given a menu right. outside. I love those menus. I, I, like, I wanted to start collecting them like they're trading cards because the artwork is just so cool. And they had... That was blood orange as well, wasn't it? Not blood orange. It was like orange. And I want to say it had like candied pecans. It did. And it, but it was like that... It was like a... Like a, it was like a, a dried candied piece of orange, but it was like actually like a dried sugared piece of candy that they put on. It was really, really good. The big surprise for me was how light it was, because yes. usually you go to Gideon's, we'll either split a cookie or like we'll make it last for a couple of days because you just, you can't eat the whole thing. I mean, maybe maybe people can. I can't. Um, so that one, I think I actually could have tackled if I was in the mood to eat a full cookie. I didn't, but... Because it was lighter and, you know, it wasn't so over-the-top sweet like some of the other ones, it was doable. It was, 100%. And then you got to sample another flavor of Florida tonight, actually, before we came here. We went back to Deluxe Burger. It's funny, the last time we were here, we talked about going to Deluxe Burger for the first time. And they had two burgers that were themed for flavors of Florida. One was the Orange Garage Burger and one was the Lime Garage Burger. I love that someone acknowledged the garages. I thought that that was so clever. Um, this was one I had been wanting to try because I saw 
the first time that we went to Deluxe Burger, I was looking at the menu, and I saw they did one with a fried green tomato. And I was like, where is this? And then I realized it was a seasonal thing. So I finally got to try it. Um, the burger was a little overdone, but that didn't stop the flavor from making this one of the best burgers I've ever had. Uh, it, it had... Um, Pulled pork on the burger. Well, they said it was pulled pork. It was more like a... Um, it was more like a pork belly, wasn't it? Like yeah. a seared belly? Yeah. Um, but that was, I think, marinated with orange citrus. And then they did an avocado lime crema. So it was all your Florida flavors on this one burger. And it was just out of this world. It was so good. It was everything that I wanted it to be. So needless to say, and we said it the last time we talked about it on last month's show... We will be going back to Deluxe Burger again. I don't know if I will until they bring this one back. But we have to see what they roll out for the fall The bar is impossibly high for me. Let's talk about something else that you have recently discovered in terms of podcasts. For those who have been with us for a long time, you all know that Jackie is a tremendous fan of Boy Meets World, which is now on Disney Plus, has been for a while because it was a part of that infamous TGIF Friday night lineup on ABC. Yes, they finally moved it to the rightful streaming service because it was on Hulu. You could watch on Hulu. So this isn't exactly Disney news, but because it was part of the TGIF lineup, it's Disney adjacent. Uh, if you're not listening to Pod Meets World... What are you doing? If you were a fan of this show, um, obviously you're going to enjoy it just by virtue of Ryder Strong, Danielle Fischel, and Will Friedle, who played Sean Topanga and Eric, are, are the hosts. Uh, ben Savage, who played Corey, didn't want to be a part of it. They're all still very good friends. There's no like bad blood or anything. It's not that kind of a situation. He's just doing Lifetime movies, and they're more of the podcast and the con circuits and they're more front-facing when it comes to dealing with the fans so like they were down to do it um so not only is it a fun listen just to hear these three old friends reminiscing about the show um they are past the statute of limitations and they do not care there are no holds barred they are giving you all the tea from behind the scenes uh because they really as child actors especially uh they were dealing with a lot navigating like their first big Hollywood production compound with the fact that each of them really had a different experience with the show like Danielle Fischel was much younger uh, so she watched the show with her family every Friday night and she really embraced being Topanga and what the show meant to the fans Ryder Strong because he got pegged as the heartthrob wanted nothing to do with it and is watching it for the first time sort of coming to terms with what it meant to other people and putting his own experience aside and he's watching it with his kid and Will Friedle, uh who was like 20 uh, when they started filming uh, this was sort of interesting to me he wasn't like a big party animal so he was watching with his family on Friday nights along with the rest of us but because he's a very anxious person and he's very open about what he's dealt with, um, he's trying to enjoy it for what it was and enjoy the memories and not focus on what he was going through while filming it. So it's just a really well-rounded, well-produced look back at the show 
it's worth it for the nostalgia, but I am just learning so much about sitcoms in general, listening to them speak about it and how it's all put together. And just to hear them speak about the industry is just so interesting. Yeah, I did not grow up with the show. Um, I made you do a full rewatch when we first started dating. I didn't watch that show for the first time until I was in my mid-20s. And I'll be honest with you, I think I appreciated it more in my mid-20s, watching it through the eyes of what I would have been watching it as, Mm -hmm. as like a 10, 11-year-old kid, and kind of seeing like how they did tackle a lot of adult subject matter in such a tactful way. And the stuff that was juvenile, it it was their target audience, but like you could relate to it. So I had a different level of appreciation for that show that I thought was very well written and really well produced. And I had this like false... Now, I have not listened to an episode of this podcast, but I have this false like narrative in my mind that like this was like a happy-go-lucky set and everybody loved each other and everything was was great and nothing was ever hostile and they lived in just a happy, happy bubble. Uh, it is very much that as far as the cast, and most of them still do look to Bill Daniels as the Mr. Feeney in their life. It's what they were dealing with with the producer that is very surprising. Um, they don't completely bash him, but they don't pull any punches when it comes to making him sound like a tyrant. And this was who? Mark Jacobs? Yes. Uh, so uh, he, Michael Jacobs. I'm Michael sorry. Jacobs. So he, I mean, and he had quite a resume underneath him too so this has to be kind of like earth shattering for him you would imagine that some of these stories are starting to come out now yeah and i mean they they are very open about it because i'm i've only listened to the first couple of episodes but they're talking about topanga didn't come in until the fourth episode and she was always supposed to be a sidekick but they just liked her so much they incorporated her as a series regular but it's funny because there are several of Corey's friends as the show was trying to find its footing um, that they didn't know that they, they were keeping. Like, Ryder Strong was a series regular. He's in the opening credits. Lee Norris, who was Minkus, was also in the opening credits, but he didn't stay the full length of the show. Um, and then it was supposed to be about Corey and, like, a group of two or three friends, but it wasn't working. Um, but then it was also, a lot of that was because Michael Jacobs was so hard on these kids and they couldn't hack it and they'd get fired. That's crazy. So they joke about it a lot. They, there's, uh, the episode I just listened to in the pilot, they nicknamed one of the chairs the death chair in the cafeteria because if a kid sat in it, they would like, wouldn't be there the next week and they'd recast. It's, if you love the show, it won't spoil it. Listen to it. It's fantastic. All right. Let's talk about, uh, some of the... I'm sorry. There was more of a point to that. Listen to it and let me know, because since Sean's not listening, I want to talk about this because I love it so much. So definitely shoot us an email, monorealradio at gmail.com, if you're into this podcast, because I am obsessed with all things Boy Meets World, so I want to talk more about it. Let's talk about some of the things that got announced at Comic-Con, because we had started talking about some of the announcements that were made as they were being made. Um, however, when we recorded that episode of Monorail Radio, we recorded that on a Saturday morning, so we had only had the very limited announcements from Thursday. Most of it was Friday. Then we then recorded the episode, and then, specifically with Marvel, the news just took off. 
Yeah, we missed out on a lot of discussion as far as the things that got announced after we recorded the episode. Um, but honestly, I thought they were done. I was like, how much more could they possibly announce? It's because they had a decent amount on, on Friday. They had a lot on Friday. Um, so I really, without like a big Guardians announcement or a trailer drop, I really didn't think that they were doing anything else. And then the hits just kept on coming and I was like, oh, well, we really didn't even get to talk about Wakanda forever and we're remiss not doing that. So, um, we're just, honestly, we're sitting here with our margaritas. We have, uh, Disney's Instagram pulled up and we're just going to go through box by box and talk about everything that was announced. Uh, so they started with I Am Groot. This was the big fake out for me because, and they a thousand percent did this on purpose. They made it seem like this was the Guardians 3 trailer. Right. Um, I think this is so smart. Um, I thought it was really clever when they did this with Frozen because just when it seems like everybody's frozen out, they released the Olaf shorts, but they're just so darn funny. It really works. And I feel like this is the perfect way to utilize Groot um, because we know that Groot is growing. So now you have baby Groot and there's a lot that you can do with him. Um, I, I feel like it's going to be the opening sequence of Guardians 2 times 10, you know, like he's just going to be like getting into things that he shouldn't be and inadvertently blowing things up. And I, I think this is going to be hilarious. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I think in short form it'll work. I know that there were some people that were disappointed that Baymax was shorts and it wasn't like, you know, a half an hour long episodic thing. But I think for I Am Groot it works and I'm excited to watch it as well. Me too. All right. Then we have Spider-Man Freshman Years that got announced. This is streaming in 2024 on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, this is where it's like... Did we really need to do all this? Because this is sort of what happened with Investor's Day a couple of years ago where they announced all these titles that we've known about for so long and we still haven't seen much from them. I feel like a lot of what was talked about at Comic-Con were the titles that had already been announced. They're just fleshing it out a little bit more and giving us dates. Here's the other thing. Comic-Con is not D23. It's not a bi-yearly thing. You're going to have Comic-Con again in 2023. Why are you announcing 2024 projects in 2023? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be fun to see, I guess. But I'm not all that interested in hearing about a project two years ahead of time, especially with the amount that they have on this slate as it is. Right. You know, if this were the D23 Expo, okay, that's one thing. But for something that's going to be happening again in 11 months I, I don't feel like we needed an announcement just yet what I will say though is I'm glad we don't have another movie because the way that No Way Home was hyped for so long and I, I, I get it everybody was very excited about the multiverse and there was so much controversy is it Marvel is it Disney is it Sony and the fact that they were able to work it all out and get all the actors back on board what they accomplished, I'm not glossing over what they accomplished at all, but I feel like another movie is sort of too much too soon at this point, and it would kind of be a disservice to what they did achieve with No Way Home. Yeah. All right, so let's move on into the next slate here. We have What If Season Number 2. I think everybody anticipated that this was going to happen. Yes. We still have not watched What If, but we really need to. 
But, like, that's coming early 2023, so let's just call it March. But, like, that's reasonable. It's yes. coming in a couple of months. Yeah. Followed by uh, X-Men 97 coming in fall 2023. I think this gets a lot of people excited because the question has been, when are the X-Men coming to Disney? When is Disney going to tackle the X-Men? And we finally have an answer. But is it, I mean, this is a series. Is it animated? Is it live action? I don't, I did not hear the announcement and it doesn't say it doesn't, I don't as know. much on the Instagram. So we really don't know much about it. Um, but I don't, I, I don't think that this is the same as how they incorporated them as far as with Doctor Strange. I don't think so. I think this is going to be completely different. We have Captain America New World Order. Uh, that was a big announcement. That's a big announcement coming May 3rd, 2024. Um, just, be, I am telling you right now, be on the lookout for all of the 90s retro NWO. If you're a kid of the 90s that watched wrestling and you know the N, uh, you know what the NWO is, you just wait, wait and see how much knockoff merchandise there's going to be for this film, but it's going to be Anthony Mackie's first real go as Captain America. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm here for it. I am too. I mean, we didn't love Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And to me, a lot of that was because I couldn't get past the girl from Star Wars being the villain and I couldn't take her seriously. Um, but I'm excited. Putting that series aside, I'm excited to pick up from where we left off with the literal passing of the baton or the shield, as it were, uh, in Endgame. Yeah. We've got Daredevil Born Again coming spring 2024. This is another highly anticipated one because uh, this is another Marvel series that was not a part of Disney. Uh, so now they have kind of, they have merged everything under one umbrella, but they did get the original cast back. I know people are very excited that Charlie Cox is coming back. And uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin which I believe was what they were setting up in Hawkeye. Yes, and then didn't we see... And we saw them in Spider-Man No Way Home. Didn't we see them in No Way Home as well? Yes, because Charlie Cox played Peter Parker's attorney in that film. He had a very, very brief cameo. He did. Um, so they're starting to tie all of these worlds together. I'm really happy that they've managed to do that. Um because I was wondering what was going to happen with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and um, uh, Haley Atwood's... Um, Agent Carter. Thank you, yes. Um, so I'm glad that they are recognizing everything as canon and they are finding a way to weave this all together. We have Thunderbolts coming into theaters on July 26, 2024. If I'm being completely honest, I have no idea what Thunderbolts is. Same. Uh, honestly, when I saw this logo, I thought Disney got a hold of Thundercats. And I was like, oh, another reboot. Not going to lie. Um, but that is kind of exciting to me because I feel like for as much as I'm out of the loop with comics, there are so many fan theories on TikTok. And they're wonderful. Like, they are so much fun to watch. But people who know the source material that well, when they're theorizing... And then it actually happens. It must be very exciting for them, but it almost does feel like we got a spoiler in a way. Like, I think that's part of the reason that Loki fell so flat for me. Um, even with No Way Home, everybody was analyzing this trailer, saying Marvel removed 
uh, frames and, and they, you know, digitally removed full characters. from, And that was all true. People were right about it when they were speculating. Um, so I'm excited to have something that I know nothing about. And I can hopefully just enjoy it for what it is. Yes. And then we got another trailer for She-Hulk, which is dropping on Disney Plus in just a couple of weeks now. Um, the more I see, the more excited I'm getting. And the marketing. This is on par with what Ryan Reynolds does with Deadpool. Um, they have all of these flyers for the attorney, and there is an 877 number. It's one eight seven seven she hulk If you call it, there is an outgoing recorded message, so you should do it because it's hilarious. Yeah, we did it the other day. And it was a ton of fun, and it just got us more and more excited to see this show coming. And if you're a Hall & Oates fan, Sean can tell you the number for Hall & Oates. I have it on my speed dial. We have Secret Invasion coming. Uh, this is going to be a series streaming on Disney Plus in spring 2023. Uh, again, sorry to break it to you. I have no idea what it is. Yes, you do. Do I? Yes, this has been... Um not alluded to, that's the wrong word. They've been dropping these hints for a long time. Um, this was the end credits of WandaVision uh, with Captain Marvel and the... Um, the oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, okay. I can't name it. Is it the Skrulls? Yes. Or the Kree? Yeah. The, one of the two. Yes. I see, I get confused with all of this. This is when they're, they're like hiding in plain sight and we're going to see like how many people are really aliens, I believe. I might be wrong about that, but I, I, that, that's what it is. I am confident in that. Well, I'm more excited for the next thing that they have uh, announced, and that is going to be May 5th. Happy birthday to me. 2023, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. We're doing that up big. We're, I'm putting it out there now. We're coming here. We're, we're going to celebrate Cinco de Mayo slash my birthday. My birthday is really May 8th, but, like, I, we always celebrate it on Cinco de Mayo we'll because... We'll come here. I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Dockside. Yes. And then we'll go see the movie. Yes, and okay. cry. Yeah, uh, because that's that's going to be a tearjerker. Not just because it's the last that we're going to see of the cast, but my understanding is that the footage they showed of Rocket as a baby raccoon being operated on, like, it's, it's going to be heavy. That's the other thing. Like, I realize that Comic-Con... You you were able to get in. It's a big deal, and there are uh, NDAs, and they got a preview of everything. But like, when are we getting this? You obviously have something to show people if you had it ready for Comic Con. November, when they get ready to drop the next Disney film, the next big Disney theatrical release around Thanksgiving, I bet you that's when we're going to get a trailer. Mm, no, I take that back. I bet it's going to be for for Disney Plus Day, which they moved up. Because yeah. that's the thing. There are so many big announcements, and granted, Marvel is obviously more in line with Comic-Con than it is for Disney Plus Day. I'm wondering if they were allowed to make all of these announcements to get people hyped, but we're actually going to start seeing some of this stuff at D23. Perhaps. They also announced Echo coming summer 2023 on Disney Plus. Again, I have no idea what this is. Yes, you do. This is a... Uh, I don't know if you can call it a spin-off of Hawkeye, um, but this was the girl that was working with Kingpin. Um, oh, okay. 
this is yeah, her yeah. her uh, headlining series now. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I like Hawkeye enough, so Hawkeye I guess I'm great. I guess I'm excited for that. Not as excited for this Loki season two, summer 2023. We recently did our Loki rewatch, and honestly, I was I was as I had as little enthusiasm for it the second time as I did the first time. Maybe a little bit more appreciation, but not by much. Yeah, I, um, especially with that last episode with Kang the Conqueror's variant, I mean, I'm sure we're going to have a lot more insight into that character by the time we get around to Loki Season 2, and there's going to be a lot more light shed on it, but, um... What what I would need to really fall in love with this series is is for them to tie it back to Thor a little bit more, tie it into Asgard, or get get the Chris Hemsworth cameo. It, I mean, Love and Thunder did say he would return. Yeah, that which was also news to Chris Hemsworth. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if maybe that's how they'll start sprinkling in the cameo. I I don't know, but I really I need Loki to go back to his roots. Yeah, and we just got a text that. Our Gideon's virtual queue is is done. Oh, we that's can re- exciting. We can report to Gideon. That, that's how you know that it was busy at Disney Springs tonight. There was the virtual queue again for Gideon's. Okay. Yeah, and last time we waited 20 minutes, no virtual queue at all. All right, let's rocket round the rest of this year. Blade. Uh, this is coming uh, November 3rd of 2023 in theaters. Um, the Wesley Snipes Blade movies were really, really good. So I know I'm excited to see this story continue on. That's one that... I know nothing about. Do I know anything about Ironheart? Um, possibly. Um, it, they haven't peppered any characters in yet. Or maybe they did in um, in Miss Marvel, which we've not watched yet at the time of this recording. But basically, uh, the way that in Hawkeye, Kate Bishop looked up to uh, to Hawkeye... This is sort of the same thing where a girl is looking up to Tony and sort of takes on Iron Man. Got it. Is my understanding. And that's coming fall of 2023. Then we have Agatha, Coven of Chaos, and that is coming winter 2023. I really appreciate Disney really narrowing down these dates, by the way. This is not October? I don't... Really? Coven? Come on. I yeah, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't do this as a Halloween release. But if if the option was winter of 23 or Halloween of 24, I'd rather have it sooner rather than later because that's a story that I'm really excited to keep hearing about. Absolutely, same. Finally, Fantastic Four gets announced in theaters on November 8th of 2024. I just hope they get it right. For some reason, I know I did like the first Fantastic Four movie, Silver Surfer, and eh, not so much the Miles Teller one. We don't talk about Bruno. I just need them to get the Fantastic Four right. I love Miles Teller. Um, I don't think he'll be in this one. Um, yeah, I'm kind of out of the loop on Fantastic Four. I feel like that's one I should be more uh, more in tune with. I'm just not. But I think that's part of it is because I'm so off-put by how many times they tried to start and stop with it. Now we got two bombers dropped on us. Avengers the Kang Dynasty, May 2nd, 2025. I don't think anybody saw this one coming. No. No, I didn't. That's when I was like, oh, we messed up by doing the news of the week so early. 
but it's going to be exciting to see where they go with this Avengers story because here the whole time you're thinking it's done and there's more coming. And then there's more coming on top of that um, November 7th of 2025, Avengers Secret Wars. Which I believe ties into Secret Invasion. Right. So it's all going to be canon. One's going to tie into the next, and they're calling this the Multiverse Saga. Right, so it seems as though the Infinity Saga is coming to a close. I believe what is happening is that uh, Wakanda Forever is going to close out the Infinity Saga, and then we are going to uh, enter the Multiverse Saga, which... I mean, I'm always excited for more Marvel, but to be honest, the multiverse confuses me, and this is going to be very hard to say goodbye and to let go of what we've been building towards the past, now it's like more like 11 or 12 years, because Endgame was 10 years of Marvel, so now yeah. uh, it might be even closer to 13, um, but I'm, I'm not ready to let that like first era go. Um, and then, you know, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, they closed out all of the Marvel announcements with the trailer for Wakanda Forever, which I do believe that we did talk about uh, a couple of weeks ago because we just couldn't sit on that one. Uh, this is releasing uh, November 11th of 2022, which was <laughs> almost Disney Plus Day until they decided to change it. The trailer is a tearjerker. Um... I think we all knew this was going to be a tough watch. Um, And I think that these are insurmountable shoes that need to be filled. But based on what we've seen, at least in that trailer, I think they're up for the challenge. And I think that I'm not going to say I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm sure they got this one right. Well, I think that's it, right? They did... I I like that they didn't leave any mystery with us, that they do acknowledge the passing of T'Challa. They baked it right into the story. I think that was really smart, and I like that they didn't leave us hanging. Um, Just everything about this trailer, though, is incredible, and I, I, I don't think it can be overstated enough just how good it is. Because I think what people forget especially in this age of these blockbuster films and all of these sequels, trailers are meant for marketing. They're supposed to make a movie look good. They're supposed to want you to get to... uh, They're going to make you want to spend your money to go see the film. Right. Um, And I think that's gotten so lost with all of these sequels as of late. Um, So putting everything aside with the heaviness surrounding uh, Chadwick Boseman's death and what it means for the character and and if they're going to try and fill the shoes or if it's going to be female or what they're going to do here. Um, They just did a really great job of creating an engaging piece of media. The the song is so on point, the No Woman, No Cry cover, um, the way that it's blended in, the shots that they're giving us, like with the water birth. It's just such a dope trailer. I can't say it. It's just so good. Even if I didn't like the MCU, I feel like this this would have been the trailer that sucked me in. Right. All right. Let's talk about some more more news here. D23 is doing a big event to celebrate Hocus Pocus. I think I will be forever salty about this. Uh, They are doing a big event up in Salem to celebrate 
the release of the second Hocus Pocus film. They're doing a screening of the film, and then there is a black flame candle ball. Are you kidding me? If we were still living in New York, you best believe we would be in attendance. Well, we might still be in attendance. I, I don't know that I can pass on this. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, just like Magic Band Plus. Now, worth noting, we didn't see any Magic Band Plus here tonight at Disney Springs. They released a couple of days ago. They sold out very quickly online. People got their orders in to only get emails telling them that they were not going to receive their Magic Band Pluses. Uh, for those that did get Magic Band Pluses when they were in the parks, um, they opened up the boxes to put them on, thinking they'd wear them for the whole day, to realize that they're only half-charged, and they didn't last the whole day. Um, I mean, look, it was a first-day run. You know how everything is with Disney merchandise releases. I think we all anticipated this. Having a half-charged band, okay, that kind of stinks, but I know the reception to them so far has been a little lukewarm, but I think we're just testing the waters here of what these things will eventually do. I don't know. From what I've seen so far... There's no difference between the magic band and and the light up ears syncing up to the iridescent weenie with the lights and the music. And those are already long gone. They don't really no those things didn't last very long at all. Oh, the ears you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It it seems like the magic bands are what replaced them and I, I was kinda like, that's it. That's what it does. Yeah. But I guess we'll see what happens with... I mean, am I going to get one? Yeah, I'm going to get one. I'm going to be a sucker. I'm going to end up getting one. Have fun. I'm not. But we'll see. We'll see. I I am excited to see how it interacts. It's supposed to interact with the statues. At this point... I'm I'm into that. If it takes me off my damn phone and out Uh, of the My Disney Experience app... I'll give you that. All right. um, Perhaps we'll get some more clarity on that at the D23 Expo because apparently we're getting parks panel. And we're going to see new projects and new shows and new lands that are getting rethemed and built. I, I mean, uh, cool, but through no fault of anybody, you still haven't finished a majority of the projects you announced at the last expo. I know they can't not give you something, but I'm kind of surprised that they're going out on a limb and they're going to do a parks panel and promise these big events at D23. Yeah, I was really surprised by this one because we have said countless times on this on this show before that we really thought, especially with Disney Plus Day getting moved up, that the D23 Expo was going to be very much Disney Plus heavy. Now, could you make the argument that because they announced so much of the Marvel lineup, they kind of had to swing the pendulum back the other way and compensate with the parks because now... All of your Marvel stuff has been announced. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be more movies that are announced. Like, we're probably going to get some details with Haunted Mansion. We have some of the cast. The casting rumors of uh, Hatbox Ghosts, those are very heavily circulating now. Like, we know Owen Wilson's in it. Uh, We know... Is it Rosario Dawson Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Um, They've been confirmed. They're on IMDb, but... I've been seeing a lot more posts about uh, more cast being announced. So I'm wondering if it will we'll get some more clarity on that. I'm wondering if maybe there's a trailer prepared for it. And that um, will get dropped at the expo. So I'm thinking there is going to be a lot more things like that, like how, how Jungle Cruise was very much hyped when that was announced. 
Um, I'm sure there's going to be more attraction to park films announced, and we'll see what that pipeline looks like. But I was just very, very surprised. And I was kind of like the nerve, you know, with Tron still sitting there. You're going to give us more parks information, and you can't even confirm that. Last bit of conversation for the night, because... I don't want to miss out on my Gideons now. As we waited three hours, I want to make sure we get our cookies. Okay. Just so that our listeners know where they stand in the scheme of things, I gave up Joey Fatone to come and record this tonight. And you're going to dip out to go get the cookies. Got it. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, last bit of news. And it's, it's not too much that you can really comment on, I don't think. Um... Bob Chapek recently had a little Q&A session at the El Capitan in L.A. I can't believe they let him speak. And the conversation of politics came up. And he said that moving like forward... Like actual politics, not yeah. Disney politics. And he said that moving forward, you know, people don't come to Disney to get influenced by either side. They come here for an escape. And honestly, it's like, you know what? I wish that he would have said that months ago. Because here's the thing. He didn't say anything. He got pressured into saying something. And then you drove a lot of people crazy. The unfortunate reality of the world that we live in now is you can't be bipartisan. You have to be partisan. And when you're partisan, you make one side happy and you upset the other side. So when you're the CEO of a major family company like Disney... You're really leaving yourself out there. I just wish that from the start he would have just said, you know what, hey, we support everybody of different, you know, genders, orientations, religions, this, that, and the other, but we're here to entertain. We're here to make people happy. We're here to be a place where you can come and escape. I just wish he would have said this in the beginning. But you just said the operative word. I think that that's why Disney got criticized so much is because it is known as the escape, and... There was public outcry because a lot of people felt that how could you, in a position like that, just bury your head in the sand and not comment on what's going on with our society and the unrest. And I see what they're saying. I see to, to, you know, just cover your hands over your ears and go la, 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 la and ignore it. That's wrong. You, you should form your own opinion, do your own research, and, and have some conviction in, in how you feel. But that doesn't mean that you have to release a statement, because in Disney's case, being what they are, there's no way to do that without upsetting someone. Right. And they did fold to the pressure, and that's the unfortunate thing. I mean, it, it's just a shame that... The thing that is meant to be an escape got criticized for being an escape. Like, exactly. I'm not saying ignore it. I'm, I'm not saying pretend everything is perfect all the time. That is absolutely not it at all. But we should not be forcing companies to take a stance. It, it doesn't mean that because they're not commenting on something that they're ignoring an issue. And you could make the argument that, yes, by not saying something, you're part of the problem. You're complacent. I I do understand that argument. I really, really do. But there's no there's no good way. You can't you can't please everybody. 
No, and you're manufacturing hostility yes. one way or the other. Yes. And nobody should go to work feeling that they are being attacked. And at the same time, to your point, you shouldn't be forced to say something so that one side does not feel attacked when you inadvertently attack the other side. But this is also a societal problem where people forget that you're allowed to have difference in opinions, Mm -hmm. that you are allowed to have different viewpoints. It's become so it's my way or the highway where you're right or you're wrong, you're with me or you're against me. I don't know why this started. I don't know when this started, but it's kind of becoming toxic. I think personally that you're not allowed to have two different viewpoints. And I think that at this point... They're taking the stance that I just wish they would have taken from the start because I honestly think the backlash would have been a lot worse if they would have taken this stance a while ago. I will say this. I I was kind of like, wow, Chapek actually finally learned something. It took him long enough, but he did. Um, and I think part of it is that he also has to start reckoning with 2020 trips got pushed back. 2021 trips got pushed back. So 2022 was very much stacked. I think that there's sort of a moment of, uh-oh, the bookings are not what they were the year prior. And I think that's because he has been so off-putting to so many. Um, he's got to clean up the giant mess that he made now. Um, I can tell you, I, I mean, just obviously coming off of a year where two years worth of trips were crammed into 2022, 2023... There's not as much on the books right now. I can tell you by the availability of hotels, and I can also tell you that based on the pricing. Because good news is, it's coming down. But I think that's also sort of his knee-jerk reaction to, I really need to step it up, keep the guests happy, and, and get the returning visitors back. Right. Well, we're interested in knowing what you have to say about any and all of the topics we discussed tonight. You can let us know on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Monoreal Radio, or you can email us, monorealradio at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Dockside Chat number five. We are so looking forward to seeing what the next month brings and having more conversations with you. Like I said, don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate us. Verbal or your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you're following us on all that social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Monorail Radio. And for links to everything related to the show, it is always online at monorailradio.com. For Jackie, I'm Sean. Have a magical week, everyone.